0: From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones. This is Tribune Sports Radio. Please
1: and try again. Sorry, what's that? How awful the Baltimore Ravens are as an organization and a team. Who? Ooh. Uh, ooh. Baltimore Ravens. The. the, the Sir,
2: you kept saying an acronym.
1: Har- Harbaugh, the the coach uh. that got tricked up by that uh, play. Uh, it brought too many offensive linemen out, didn't know how to figure that out. S- still complaining about it?
0: What's? It, it's a podcast, Kyle, you have to speak okay. up.
2: Are we Are we recording?
0: Yeah, we're recording now.
1: Oh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah.
2: Ravens, it's a football team.
1: It's They're an a animal. football team, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. I, uh, hey, you sound good over there, Will Smith. And uh, let's say welcome everyone to episode 35 of Tribune Sports Radio. I'm your host, Ben Raskin. With us today is uh, University of Utah beat writer, Kyle Goon. And a special guest, we're going to call him the methadone guest for the, the podcast because last week with lieutenant governor uh, spencer cox we definitely need to step down from that heroin to the next level so we've got will smith from k-fan here How you doing, no one's will? advocating drug use Jerry.
1: no We're no drugs sure. are bad kids it's an honor to be here i'm glad that after years of begging you guys piper and goon turning me down finally somebody listens and brings me on this who's this guy
2: all all right. Right. Well, yeah.
0: you, you
1: found the
2: real power ah. player in our office. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, you did find the one guy, and of course, uh, digital editor of Salt Lake Tribune, Kevin Winter Morris. How you doing, Kev? Good, Benny. How are you? Uh, let's, go let's get this started. So you were welcome,
3: what? Will. First of all,
1: oh, thank you. Uh, so you're not high enough up in the company to get a mic stand?
3: No, uh, Benny uh, decided that he needed. Uh, put in some new plumbing at his house and used it. Well, I did a kitchen remodel as well. So, <laughs> so I and can't It does af-
0: look beautiful. It's it's, you know, it's it's a black granite.
2: Ke- Kevin it's likes to walk around the room. It's, it helps his creative process. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: right. Even when I'm not there.
0: So, so we're talking uh let's just start let's jump, jump in, in with yesterday's uh, championship game. Uh, did you watch it?
1: Oh yeah, all of it. Uh, I stayed up late. I usually go to bed about nine o'clock. I'd be up at four AM every single day. Stayed up late all the way till ten thirty watching the game. Uh-huh. Loved the game last night. Even though it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. It was a great game.
0: Uh, really? This-
3: I-, I thought it was boring. Really? I was bored. Yeah. I I don't know. I just I was like, okay. Eh. Although, I'd, I'm not a fan of either team. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of hoped that it would end in a tie. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. I, I just thought it was kind of boring. I would have Maybe Oregon could have done something on offense to kind of, you know, some of that razzle-dazzle. They try to run, and then they get stopped after two yards. I just thought it was kind of boring.
0: That's the part I have with the problem with it, too, is that you expect such a high-octane offense coming out of Mariota. Yeah. Mariota. And uh, it seemed like he laid a, a, a duck egg yesterday. I think his draft ta- his draft stock took a hit yesterday.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to school if, uh, you know, if his draft stock does drop. He's a different kid. He's already got his degree. He doesn't seem like he's motivated by the dollar bills and the fame as much mm-hmm. as maybe a Jameis Winston. But I thought it was a great game. The storylines, you have Urban Meyer taking on Mark Helfrich. You have a third-string quarterback who's just trucking defensive tackles. I don't know if you guys saw that play where – Cardell Jones, dude. Yeah. he ran over yeah. a 320-pound defensive tackle. Yeah. Then you have Zeke Elliott, that running back, that uh-huh. was just I think, tearing I think it up I actually designed
2: Cardell Jones in Madden 2002.
1: <laughs> 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 the next Jamarcus Russell, Cardell Jones. <laughs>
2: oh, wow. Jamarcus,
1: that's
0: uh, the name of my future son. <laughs> I've always wanted that kid named Jamarcus. <laughs>
1: but in all serious though, Cardell Jones had the the, uh, the same like question marks around him before this three-game stretch. He's been playing for three games, and th- they'll talk around him before was, doesn't have a great work ethic, mm-hmm. and everybody remembers the tweet that he sent out when he first got to right. Ohio State that says, I didn't come here to play class. Yeah, He came here to play football. No. So, and." Uh, uh, when you're thinking about going pro after three games, I think you got some uh, – maybe some maturity questions or maybe you're just making that cash grab.
0: Or I mean, he's, a, he's also
1: what, like 19 years old, 20 years old?
2: Redshirt sophomore. Yeah. So what does okay. that make so him, he's, 20? He's maybe even 21. 21. Bit, yeah, maybe 21. May,
0: maybe we can pour him a beer.
2: <laughs> if he's yeah. lucky. Yeah. It's I, – I mean, you know, kids. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously, though, it's it, it's like uh, there there is just sort of perspective deal. It's like, well, yeah, you played three really great games. You have a lot of talent like you have a heck of an arm and you can tim tebow the heck out of people but it's just the, it, there's just so much more. Does that,
1: that work in the NFL though? Because I don't yeah, think I think that the running I quarterback. Think I think that phase in the NFL is starting to peter out. I think it's dying out. There's a few guys that can make the yeah. dual threat work, but for the most part, I want, I'm an old fashioned guy. I want my quarterback to uh, you know sit, sit in, in the, the pocket. pocket and and throw the football. A guy like Russell Wilson who runs only when he has to and avoids all contact when, whenever possible. I want that guy as my quarterback over Colin Kaepernick any day.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because you're always afraid he's going to get hurt. Yeah, I mean. You saw with Michael Vick, when when he wasn't hurt, he did amazing things. Mm -hmm. But every single time he took off, you're like, oh, just get out of bounds. Just get out of bounds. Don't get hit. Yeah, you could never guarantee
1: that Mike Vick was actually going to play in every single game of the NFL season. Chalk him up for four
3: games that he's going to miss because of injury. Right. Yeah. Right, and th- and now those uh, those other twelve were amazing, mm-hmm. but you didn't. If it happened at the end of the season, well, there go your playoff hopes. You it's know? fun to watch,
1: but you don't want yeah. that guy on your team. If you're building right. a franchise around a guy that's running out of the pocket and it's going to get leveled yeah. by the likes of Patrick Willis, Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor coming down on that guy. Woo, right, it's going right. to lay a whooping when they're as big as you are.
3: You, you want that guy. You don't want that guy on your team. You don't want your team playing that guy. You want him in the game that you're just like ah. It's Sunday afternoon, I'm laying on the couch. I want to see something special. Yeah, but that's Kevin, the game you Kevin, want. let me
0: ask you this: So, if you're a casual football fan, don't you want that exciting? You know, the the guy that takes a tons of risk, runs down fields, tries to take on linebackers yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, I, mean, I want. I mean, to. diehard fans obviously like Will over here. You know, they're looking long term on these players. But you know, for a casual fan like myself, I want to see you guys get absolutely lit up in the middle of the field, trying to get an extra four or five yards. Right,
3: but you don't want him playing for your team. You don't want because to, you don't he want gets to be lit paying up, him. He's out.
0: Well, well multi million why I'm dollar
2: Stanford contracts fan, for. You know being injured. You, you know, don't like have Sam to worry Bradford's about him running. Bradford's not good enough for you? <laughs> I like guys that sit in the pocket with a sandwich, you know, yeah. I like the big yeah. boys. Okay, but I just want to touch on something Will said, which I think you're wrong. I don't think Marcus' uh, Marcus's stock is going to take as much a, of a hit as you think because I think of him as basically a Russell Wilson who's a lot bigger. And, and like, I mean, he's, he's kind of that same mold where he's uh, – I think he's thrown on, on maybe only four total interceptions this year, four or five.
1: Did he th- uh, he, he threw, threw three before the championship game.
2: He threw three before the championship game, and he threw, what, two last night? So, he, I mean, he and he had, um, going in the championship game, like 50-some total touchdowns. Uh-huh. And, and most of them were passing, but some of them were rushing. And I think the thing is, you're going to continue to see quarterbacks who are athletic. Maybe they're not every-down runners. Maybe they're not power-run uh, guys like Cardell Jones. But at the same time, you need that skill set. You need just the availability, the threat of it there like a Russell Wilson so you can scramble around, you can kind of get out. If the, all else fails, that guy can get yards. I mean, that that, that skill set's always going to be valued in my opinion. I yeah, know. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't disagree with, uh, with that. The one thing that I disagree with is when you look back in the NFL, the, the quarterbacks that have had success – Ben Roethlisberger, that guy is elusive, but is he a, an athlete that's going to be running outside the pocket? No, he just knows when to take the right step up and, and dodge a, uh, a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Is Peyton Manning elusive at all? No, that guy's like a statue sitting back in the pocket. <laughs> so it's a, it's good to have that blend, but I don't think that the teams are putting as much emphasis as they used to. For a couple of years, it's like when the Wildcat was popular for two years. You, know? mm-hmm. you, you fall in love with this great idea, but then it turns out well, maybe it's not so great after all when your quarterback's running outside the pocket and he's going to get leveled. Because most guys aren't like Russell Wilson where they slide. I'm in love with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is the best young quarterback in the NFL. A lot of people disagree with me about that. Mm-hmm. I think he's the
0: best young quarterback in the NFL. So how far do you think his draft uh, status is going to drop uh, with his performance yesterday? If he comes there's out. No I mean, way yeah, he,
2: he, there's no way he drops below top three. There's no way.
3: Who would you take as number one, Kyle? If If Marcus comes out. Will, I'm coming I think at I, you next. I think I would yeah.
2: still take Marcus. I, I I love James's talent and his physical ability. Um, it just I, – and I know I'm just going to sound like overly moralistic here, but just strikes me really weird that he has seemingly no self-awareness. I mean, he very narrowly doesn't get charged with a sexual assault that – I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. But he very narrowly avoids that, and then he just – but the circus keeps on going. Like he keeps doing things to just shoot himself in the foot, and to me, that just speaks of of just an immaturity that, if it hasn't been conquered by the seriousness of a sexual assault allegation, like what's going to change that for mm-hmm. him? And maybe it's years in the NFL. I mean, I think, I think maybe he's ready for the culture of the NFL in in terms of the attention and the um, scrutiny. Maybe he's. Pr- maybe that's. Uh, Maybe he's more prepared for that because he's already been scrutinized. But I don't know. I mean, he, he kind of strikes me as perhaps a ticking time bomb if I'm a GM. And I've, I'm looking at two guys who, one is, you know, sort of a universally loved and, and – Boy scout. And, yeah, to, total boy scout. Exact opposites. Yeah. yeah. Exact opposite personalities. And so, I mean – Stanley know. Kowalski at the other end there. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think Marcus – you know, there's gonna be some drills against him because people um, kind of identify Oregon as a system and system mm-hmm. quarterbacks and all that. But I think he's a smart kid um, and a mature kid who physically impressive, impressive. And, and and physically impressive. Physically, that gets yeah. discount. That gets discounted in this. Uh,
3: Uh, What do you think, Will? Will? Who would you take? And even if it comes down to Jameis or Marcus,
1: who would you take? Uh, Jameis v. Marcus, man, and just like you said, I have a lot of hesitation for Jameis Winston. The dude's a knucklehead, and he doesn't get it. Mm. Whether it's shooting people with high-powered BB guns, pellet rifles around campus, or screaming bleep, bleep, bleep in the student union
0: building after you're already – you know, in huge, in huge trouble under huge. That scrutiny. was the one that got me. I mean, obviously the allegation of the rape, but the jumping up there and acting like a maniac in front of these people—it's like he—he would arguably be the most popular person at Florida State he does not need to conduct himself that way. Well, and, and I'm not trying, trying to sound like an old, old man raskin on a this A fuddy-duddy? Yeah. yeah. You I mean, are, you're you're sounding like a fuddy-duddy. I'm duddy. a fuddy-duddy, <laughs> but this one I'm not. I, I But I that one, for whatever reason, it's just like how much more attention do you need at Florida State Yeah, and the well, quarterback of the team? Everybody mm-hmm. at Florida State knows who Jameis Winston is.
1: So it's not like anyone's going to say, who is this six foot five black guy that's jumping up on this table? Everyone knows who Jameis Winston is. I'm going to do a cop-out answer here. If I had the first overall pick, I would trade it. I wouldn't invest in Jameis (laughs) or Marcus Mariota. If I had to choose between the two, I would take Marcus Mariota because off the field I think the dude is a stud, and I think you can depend on him. I don't trust Jameis Winston. I'm not going to invest my franchise money around a guy that I can't be sure of what he's going to be doing on the weekends. And like you said, it doesn't seem like he has very much self-awareness at all to know hey, I'm kind of a big deal down here. Yeah. I probably shouldn't up. be doing this and opening my mouth all
3: the
2: time. But, like, how He's many times? How though. many times, though? How many
3: times did you do stupid things at Maryland, Kyle? But,
2: but also, how many times do you think Jimbo Fisher has met with Jameis and been like, well, we're here again because you stole. now you stole some crab legs from somewhere. That's you right. know what yeah. I mean? I mean. <laughs> it's like, he,
1: how many things does he have to do? How many times does he have to be – Told just, like, just shut it down. Well, right. And, I, and this is where I kind of got off the Jameis Winston bandwagon where I was like, man, is there hope for this kid? Because I, I was a dummy when I was a kid. I made plenty of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge or throw rocks at a, a glass house. But when Bo Jackson calls you up, because they're from almost the same exact area in Alabama, mm-hmm. Bo Jackson calls him up to lend him some advice. And he says, I talked to him like he was my son. I'm not going to tell you what I said to him or I'm not going to tell you what we discussed. But I talked to him like he was my son. And it just want, it went in one ear and out the other. We're not going to listen to Bo Jackson.
3: Who are you going to listen to? Yeah. And and um. by no means am I saying that, I mean, the the rape allegations, that's not part of being in college by any means. Yeah. The stealing yeah. the crab legs, that was – Yeah. I mean, the sexual the sexual assault allegation really too. concerns
2: me. I mean, for sure. I mean, because, I don't know. I, I mean, clearly something happened, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know – if what happened was a crime, but something, a, a decision, a very poor judgmental decision happened Right, right. And, and,
3: and that I think that that's fair. I think that it's, it is fair to say a um, string of things that have happened calls into question his judgment. But,
2: but after that, like, don't you think there's, like, a come-to-Jesus moment where you're like, gosh, I've— I have to change my judgment Uh and
0: that never happened well you know the other thing kev uh is that you always talk we talk about wanting it both ways on this like you want to be considered a student and then an athlete and then uh you know and we talk about maybe we should professionalize these uh the 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 the, the students that Mm. are playing football there and stuff like that it's like he doesn't get it both ways in this position it's like when you're that high caliber of a, of a high profile of a figure in your your college, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of it's it's kind of a black eye almost for the the Seminoles with this. Oh, well, yeah. why doesn't he
3: though? I, I mean, it, some of the we talk about like media care training care with all these
0: kids, and then you know you you act and perform this way. Like, where are the guys that say no, don't do this? Where, where's his no posse? Yeah. I mean, you well, must you have had a no posse in college. And unfortunately, I didn't. I had, had a, a posse, yes posse of one other person. <laughs> <laughs> My
3: yes posse was not good. They they probably created more trouble than uh, they were worth. But um, I wish I had a posse. I need a posse. That would be cool. It's just um, like an advisory no, I, committee. You're, you're looking to have a good time. I mean, yeah. in college, if you're surrounding yourself with guys who keep saying you really shouldn't do that, you aren't. I you need I a did. new
2: possible. I But th- I, th- I think we're kind of getting in the weeds here on Jameis. I think the, the point is he made a, a very poor judgment decision and kind of escaped the worst of what could have – the consequences that could have been, and he acts like he's just a normal guy now. All he's
0: right, not. Let me, let me throw this up. How do you hypothetically – what do you think Coach, Coach Wett would do with a guy like uh, James? What would Coach Witt how do? Would, how would he have controlled somebody like that? Would he, he have cut him from the Utes? Uh, and I'm going to throw that question to you for Bronco. What would how would Bronco deal with a guy like well, that? Well,
2: Jan- I think James Winston would be off BYU. I think yeah, <laughs> I don't think that would have lasted. Don't go long. out on a limb, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He is our guest. I wanted to give him the easier one.
0: Yeah. No. Go.
1: go I don't know. I'll answer both those questions. Please. I, I think that he he wouldn't even be a student at BYU, and I would like to think that Coach Witt would have uh, parted ways with him as well. But it's so tough. When you're a coach that you're battling for your job, when Coach Witt was on the hot seat, if you believe that he was on the hot seat before the season started, and you're battling for your job and every win counts so much, I, I'd like to believe that Witt would stick to what he said. Witt has a few rules, and one of them is no on sexual assault. If, that, right. if those allegations come up, then, hey, See you later man. We maybe can c- talk again down the road, but we're not going to have this with our program. I think that Wit's a stand-up guy. I don't think that Wit would have put up with it, mm. you know, and Wit would have disciplined him. When Jameis gets suspended for one game and that one game was because he yelled bleep 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 in the student union. Yeah. That was that, that was his one game suspension. That started off as like a, a half or a quarter and mm. it and it parachuted it into into one game. So I, I would think that Witt would uh, probably say, "Hey, man, if you need to take some time away from the program, but we're not going to have you be our starting quarterback right now."
0: Moving on, kind of like we were talking about, Witt. We were talking about this at the beginning of the year about uh, Kyle being not Kyle Goon, not Kyle Winningham being on the hot seat. Ends up having an eight and four season and nine and four when it's all said and done with the bowl game win. Were you surprised that there was so much tension about him having a retention at the University of Utah?
1: Yeah, I was. I was really surprised that turned in from that turned from one of the best stories in twenty fourteen. To one of the worst stories in 2014. When Kalani's split in town, when you have Dave Christensen heading out to Texas A&M to take a job that's lesser than the offensive coordinator at Utah and you're the offensive line coach and run game coordinator and taking a pay cut to do that. Yeah, I, I think that I, I was I was really surprised. Am I surprised, though, that egos get involved? No, but I, was I surprised to happened in this situation? Yeah. And I, and I liken it to the 49ers situation with Jim Harbaugh v. Mm-hmm. Trent balky v. Jed York, where... Jim Harbaugh turned that team around, did great things for him, but that didn't even matter. Before the season started, you have Jay Glazer saying, no matter how this season ends, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be the next head coach of the 49ers. Uh, that that says a lot. Sometimes you can't get past ego.
3: Yeah. With. Uh, and, and I think in sports that the, the size of the ego is so enormous that, yeah, it's – to Well, it, it happened um, – you know, the, the Chicago Bulls were a great example. Uh-huh. That Jordan always gave off the air of Jerry Krause doesn't know what he's doing, and the only reason that the Bulls ever did anything was because of me. And, you know, Jerry Krause as a GM deserves some credit for putting – you know what? Yeah, you had Jordan, but you also gave him some pieces there. Yeah. You gave him, you made sure Pippen was around. You made sure Rodman was there for the last 3. You you put guys around There was Horace Grant. You put guys around there who helped you, Michael. It wasn't just you, buddy.
1: I think that's one of the most underrated things in coaching is being able to manage ego. Oh, and yeah. even at the college level, being able to be this guy's friend, be this player's friend, but also be his coach and know that he, you know, he has to know that he has to respect you. And I know that he's not popular here in the state of Utah right mm. now, Gary Anderson, but he is the, one of the best coaches I've ever seen do that. Every player felt like they could go and talk to him, like they were Gary's best friend, but they also respected the heck out of him because he'd spank him like he was their dad if they you no. know, they stepped out of line at all.
2: You
0: had a lot of opportunities to work with Anderson. What do you, is that kind of your take on him?
2: I mean, I, so obviously I came in on Utah State right after Gary was leaving. Um, but, you know, everything I've pretty much heard about him, I mean – I I would say out of the players at Utah State who played for Gary, he probably still commands a strong loyalty um, from some of those guys he recruited and and coached early on. I mean, it it was just uh, – yeah, I I, I kind of – basically everything I've heard about Gary um, kind of coincides with what Will says. I mean, he makes people feel valued. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing – that you can't really discount is Gary's kind of fun to play for. It yes, for yes. It. I mean, like, you see these videos coming out of Wisconsin, and obviously he did leave Wisconsin, but, you know, of him, like, dressing up as, you know, the sixth-year senior or whatever. The, the dance-offs that he does with his the team. The dance-offs. And I know Utah did that, and Utah did some fun things over the summer. But I, I, I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying um, I'm, I'm going to assume that Gary's probably a little – Less serious than Kyle Whittingham yeah. on sort of a day to day basis. And, and you know, not that f- every team is going to take these guys out of the environment a little bit and have some fun. And, you know, Utah during uh, fall camp, they were, you know, doing, you know, home run derby and, and all that stuff. But I, I would think that Gary's going to be a little more lighthearted on a day to day basis. And it might make it a little easier on some of his assistant coaches and some of his players. Um, and you know Oregon State's probably going to struggle next year. I don't think they're at a talent level yet where they can really actually compete um, at the top of the Pac-12. And you know what? You know what makes losing a little easier having a guy that you enjoy playing for or working for.
1: Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about ego right there. And mm-hmm. Gary Anderson's a guy that I don't think has a big ego, which is really rare in coaching. From all my dealings with the guy, he's so down to earth and treats me. I was I was a guy a couple of years ago we had him on our radio show every single day. Uh-huh. I was just the dude that answered the phone. <laughs> but he would he would remember my name each week, ask me how I was doing. And that sounds like something really small, but for when you have a guest on a head coach, a local coach, that he actually takes the time to remember your name and seems like he cares a little bit, that, that goes a, a really long way. And Gary likes to let his coaches do their thing and grow. He's mm-hmm. he's all for handing it over to you, letting you do letting you do your thing and not needing all the all the credit back.
0: Well, let's uh, <clears throat> kind of transition to it's another little part here. So you work for KFan. How long have you been there for? Ah. Uh, th- Three years now, I think it's been a, it's been a blur of three years. What's now. your role over there for the, our, our six fans that are listening to the show right now? Hi, mom. Uh,
1: my well, my mom's tuning in now, so we got like seven or eight. I'm <laughs> I'm the executive producer of the station. Um, I'm the I'm on Monty in the morning every day from um. six to ten a.m. Then I'm also the assistant program director. No big deal. There's lots <laughs> of fancy titles that really mean nothing, but it's nice to put on the resume. Well, i like to get the pay to go along with those one day, yeah. but right really now pads thirteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to
0: fourteen five now Hot out of the poverty level <laughs> so let me ask you, like, so you obviously you're really involved with radio and stuff and I, from our perspective over here like i'm really involved with podcasting how do you see podcasting as either a threat or a companion piece to radio right oh, now oh, i view it as a companion piece man yeah. i don't i don't view it as a, a huge
1: threat because I'll, it's it's hard to monetize a podcast there's been a few people that have done it there's adam five, carola
0: yeah there's five that we could probably talk about. like mark maron can do it yeah uh, Joe Rogan, Rogan, Adam
1: Carolla, and maybe a couple other people. I see it as a companion piece, a way to get out there in a a free form where we can talk like this for 30 minutes or Mm -hmm. 45 minutes and kind of just flow, not have to take a commercial break, but also a supplement. So we we podcast our show each and every day. So we cut out all the commercials and just leave the actual content up there. So I I see it as a companion piece, a way that maybe um, a listener that's not going to tune in in his car on the radio because – Let's let's face it. The radio is is not what it used to be. Everyone has an iPod in their car. I think you guys know about industries that aren't what they used to be. Well, you, you it's changing. No. Should I not have said that, guys?
0: No idea. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when you had a Bluetooth on that. I think every car that's made after 2010 has got a Bluetooth companion mm-hmm. for that, so you can stream, you know, the content with there. Uh, I'm okay. a guy that loves radio. I love everything about the the format. I love how even with, uh, take something like Cowherd Cal Cal, Cal, uh, Cal in the morning yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Love him or hate him, but he's very good at setting up his three-hour show in that first 30 minutes, and he's able to kind of expand and extrapolate the sort of things he wants to talk about. Whereas sometimes I think with podcasting is that uh, maybe even to the chagrin of Camo, it's loosey-goosey. Uh-huh. You know, it's like we don't, you know, before we even set up, uh, started the, uh, the show, I was like, what do you want to talk about? You know, because we don't, you don't need to have those real beats and uh, with this format here.
1: Yeah, well, I think podcasting is much more personality-driven. Where in radio, you can sometimes get away with more of the formatics type thing. Where if you're doing the things right, setting up the show, like where where we are right now, where we're free flowing like this, we have to be saying interesting things. We have to be talking about interesting subjects. We because start. I don't because that's because, been a go, rule because this we're podcast. going all around, like, we're going all around crazy, uh, uh, jumping around to all these different topics. But I'm a huge fan of radio too. I'm probably the only 12 year old kid that was listening to sports radio every single night when I was going to bed yeah. you know I think we're kind of the, the rare occurrence here the, the radio nerds I, I was a huge fan of radio from hell I listened to that show I don't yeah. know if you guys have any beef with them but uh <laughs> I listened to that show every single day from like eighth grade till I was out of high school I loved that show mm-hmm. and then I tried to get an internship there and they told me I wasn't good enough to go over to the sports station guy <laughs> so that's how my sports career started
0: Thank Gina in the morning on that. Yeah, Gina. <laughs> so
1: actually, say hi to me, Gina. I'm calling you out.
0: <laughs> Where did, uh, as a companion piece to this, though, do you uh, how do you uh, just out of curiosity, how do you statistically track numbers with the people listening to your show versus how many down... Because obviously, you can count how many downloads yeah. people get.
1: Well, and that's the thing about radio is the, the ratings. First of all, I think that uh, well, they're, 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 they go, they go up and down like crazy. They're very fleeting, mm-hmm. so I don't think you can put. You can put some into the ratings, but they're so fleeting, and there's so few meters in this market that it's judged by. Uh, it seems like sports radio is judged by about 10 meters, mm-hmm. and you know I've never even met a person with a meter. There's like 200 meters in the n- whole entire market to rate all of the radio stations. So when you're rating off such a, s- a small number like that, it's so hard to actually get an accurate uh, description of how y- your listener base is because you anger one guy. And, you know, there's five radio meters that are into sports radio. There's just 200 in the whole market. You anger one guy, he's never listening to you again.
0: Well, even worse than that, you bore one guy, he's yeah, not going to yeah. tune it. It's not even anger. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, well, they're talking about Urban Meyer again. You know, it's we're oh, like, yeah. not talking about Saban. You know, but Stop talking about Gary Anderson, the Oregon State Beavers, all right? the guy's How much a fun is he having, yeah. man? <laughs> How, How does, um, with, with the podcasting, the podcasting side, you uh, to radio, uh, you're talking about personality driven. Wouldn't you say the same with the radio guys? I mean, you, the the the, the on air person, uh, the on air uh, broadcasters. I mean, they, it's all personality there.
1: Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. It's both personality driven, but in radio, when you have let's see uh, a show of you know two 15 minute segments and a and a 10 minute segment and then maybe a five-minute segments thrown in. So in an hour, you have 15 minutes of commercials and 45 minutes of content. It's easier for me to tease ahead and talk about a few topics and Mm -hmm. then reset that. Like when we plan out a four-hour show, we plan it out as four one hour shows mm-hmm. because at, at, at the very most, most of your listeners are in for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If you're if you're doing a good job, they're in yeah. for 15 minutes. It's the very few guys that are tweeting back and forth with you every day that are listening for two hours a day. A, a huge P1 listens for maybe two hours a day. And those guys are very few and far between. The guy we're trying to get is in the car for 10, 15 minutes and he'll probably hit our station uh, maybe 1280 of the zone or call 700 all in the same drive to work. So you got to be good for those 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So when I say it's not as much personality-driven. I think it's more about the, the formatics and how the ratings are working. So
0: it essentially bring the thunder with during each yeah, of those four yeah, yeah. one-hour episodes. We're
1: here where it's more stretched out, where we're just kind of goofing, having some fun, and then just hitting topic to topic. It's it's more free-flowing, where I feel feel you have to have a little bit more fun, maybe, mm-hmm. as you said, and a little bit more personality, where in radio, sometimes you can get away with not being as a personality-driven. Yeah. I, Does that make well, any sense at all? One thing I real
2: really feel like the podcast format lacks here is just the sound effects i mean just the sound bites. yes yes <laughs> old, old quotes we need a zinger yeah. yeah like where where is that like aren't you the tech guy
0: here benny i mean we,
3: i we, was told you did sound effects kyle well, we that's <laughs> why we brought you on. Well, I
0: want more time, weather, and traffic is what I want. You know, we don't do nearly enough of that on the podcast.
3: I, I'm sure that traffic on the podcast would be very helpful. Uh, be nice it to looks get like traffic there's some cars off. out there. Yeah, that's going to go real far, Benny.
0: Weather as well would
1: be good. Uh, right now, I think it's a red burn day. So, guys, I don't want you turning on those wood-burning stoves because that's causing all this inversion. Let's be real. It's always a red burn day. Yeah, it's <laughs> a- Good grief.
2: All right,
0: well, back, back to some of the, so, uh, the so sports, sports topics. topics. Uh, the AFC and the, the AFC, AFC Championship, championship, games, have championship games, games, games have been set up. Game. Who you got, Will?
1: Uh, I got the Seahawks versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, I love what Andrew Luck has done, but I don't think that he's going to be enough to overpower Tom Brady and the Patriots. And then also the Seahawks are just – they're the most complete team in football right now. They have a, they have a great run game with Marshawn Lynch, with Russell Wilson adding that in there. And then their defense is probably the best defense in the yeah. NFL. They've got everybody healthy. Cam Chancellor's back to 100%. Bobby Wagner's back to 100%. And then Richard Sherman, who I think is the best corner in the league. And Also, I love the personalities of the Seahawks, just guys that are willing to talk all the time and run their mouth. Are you sure you're not just jaded against the Colts because they beat your Broncos? This I'm not a Broncos fan. Come <laughs> on, man. I'm not oh a no, you were, but you you're a Dolphins fan. Oh, I, I I like the Dolphins because my buddy's a huge Dolphins fan, so I went to the, the Dolphins Broncos game. All right, that's yeah. why I'm. Getting but I, I was there day. cheering for the Dolphins. Go Ryan Tannehill. You got it one day, Brett,
0: buddy. <laughs> i uh, was up on sunday i was up in the winters uh snowshoeing and when we uh, were coming back we stopped at the notch Bear you were with you.
3: snowshoeing yeah, with yeah. Snow,
0: yeah with snowshoeing? That, that's so well wildernessy aerobic of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen my midsection on Facebook, you know I need to do a lot more aerobic. Unfortunately, action. I did. Yeah, I think a lot of people. i lost my lunch. I'm sure you <laughs> do. Well, you well, got you know, nudes tell... on Facebook, bro? Well, tell women to stop <laughs> posting these baby bump photos, and I'll stop <laughs> doing my beer belly bumps. It's got to you know? be twins. It, it, it's got to it, be twins. Triplets. Oh, Two cats. But... We're losing all our young
2: mother audience right now. <laughs> Not my mom. She's
0: still here at the 30-minute mark.
2: <laughs> Your mom's a young mother? <laughs> no, my well,
0: mom's have still you a listener. Betty's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you listen. Yeah, well, but anyway, so we're going into the Packers-Cowboys we were literally – we walked in the fourth quarter maybe four or five minutes in there, and uh, it was about six or seven old-timers there sipping on, like, Can- Canadian Hunter and Coke. And when Romo let go of that rainbow shot down the quarter of Des Bryant, there was everybody in that place and was collectively said, there we go, you know. And in terms of, like, this is going to happen, it's like the Cowboys going to take it. What did you see when you saw that play?
1: That was a catch by Des Bryant. Maybe by the rule book it, it wasn't a catch, so I guess the ref technically made the right play. They need to change the rule because – in my world, when a guy goes up, high points the ball like, like that, he, he was you know two feet in the air, catches the ball, comes down with it, lands two feet, takes a step, and then leaps towards the goal line. That, that to me, is a football move, and I'm going to consider that a catch. And it's just the NFL, once again, being the no-fun league, where mm. we got to ruin you guys' as fun. I felt bad for Des Bryant in that moment because it just seems like bad things seem to happen
0: to that guy well it seemed, what was crummy about it for me was that uh, they, they didn't have the audio on they were listening to like Bob Seeger in the place and they uh, I thought the challenge was whether or not it was a touchdown versus if it was st- uh, if he was stopped to at one at nope at no point in time did I not think it was't a, uh, a catch yeah. you know what I mean and so uh, it also just seemed you know, like you're talking about no fun on that. There's still, what, two minutes left in the game mm-hmm. for the, the Packers to come back there and try and take the No, game. there's more than that. So, so sorry, wait,
2: was your experience basically like, oh, yeah, that's definitely on the one. He wasn't in at all. Like, <laughs> were, were you just talking to your TV for, like <laughs> – no, Three I was minutes. at a bar, for God's sake. Oh, you were in, a, oh, yeah, you was, you were in the bar. I was at, at the bar with the, the audio off.
0: Yeah, if you were listening
1: to the story about snowshoeing and belly bumps. He's busy right now tweeting back and forth with some of his friends. Well, on he's got two phones machine. going
0: at the same time. Yeah, what's up
1: with up. that, dude? Why do you have two cell phones? <laughs> Are you dealing drugs on the side? Kids, don't do drugs. Don't,
0: don't do, do drugs. drugs. So That's uh, funny joke. Uh, do you think the, the Colts have any chance against the Patriots?
1: I, I, I already ruled them out of that Broncos game. So I think they do have a chance versus the Patriots, but Bill Belichick—he's going to do whatever it takes to win, even if that you know counts filming the the, the Colts practice this week, like you know he did back in the day. But I, I think just his game plan is going to be not be able to be stopped by the Colts. I love Chuck Pagano; I think he's a, he's a great coach. But right now, what the Patriots have the best quarterback maybe in the NFL and Tom Brady, mm-hmm. I don't think you, you can root against them or bet against them. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel
2: like up, Ravens, coming, come, coming from the Ravens' perspective, I mean, they're, I, An don't important think, I don't think perspective New England's defense.
1: You still sour about
2: them running out all those eligible lines? <laughs> yeah. The Ravens' perspective. I'm not sour about that at all. I think It's AMR, our new segment. I think John Harbaugh should stop whining about that because he lost. Um, but, you know, it's like – they're not going to face the secondary as bad as, as Baltimore's again. I mean, Baltimore was just riddled with injury problems in the secondary. And then, you know, I mean, I don't think their defense is all that great. I mean, you know. The uh, Patriots? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if they get some takeaways, that's going to – that the, I think the turnover battle is pretty much going to side that one in the AFC because um, uh, otherwise I'm not sure the Patriots
1: are – are a very good defensive team yeah so if the patriots aren't going to be able to stop the colts and we got a shootout who you got your money on andrew luck or tom brady i got my money on tom brady just throwing it to rob gronkowski and, mm-hmm. and him just making the other players on the field look like they're toddlers when he has that uh, run and catch versus the the packers and ha-ha clinton dicks hops on his back and he just shoves him off with like three other guys it's like man this guy is so special <laughs> so crazy to watch no one can do what gronk can do and the way that him and Brady find that connection, I'm, I can't pick against the Patriots right now. So you
0: think uh, Rodgers is not as good as Tom Brady at this, at this, during this season right now?
1: Uh, Stat-wise, Rodgers had the more impressive season. If yeah. I if I have to take one quarterback to win me a game, I'm taking Tom Brady. I think that Aaron Rodgers is the future, but Aaron Rodgers has a lot more weapons than Tom Brady does, and Tom Brady still manages to get the job done. Danny Amendola's been a, a huge letdown for him. Gronk's a great weapon. They have no run game mm-hmm. whatsoever in New England, um, and then uh, the other guy. Yeah, that's the other thing. They have no <laughs> run game whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think a lot of things
2: kind of just uh, went right for the Patriots, and the Ravens still had a chance in the very last seconds. So,
1: well, uh, one. Well, like one impressive stat is Tom Brady. Uh, where, where Peyton Manning, nine times he's lost in his first playoff game, whether that it was the first round mm-hmm. or they had a first round bye. Nine times that's ha- it's happened. The exact opposite with Tom Brady. He's taking you two games in or to the Super Bowl almost every single playoff run the guy's on. In, in the playoffs, where yeah. it counts the most, the guy's nails.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: But I'll, I, I don't know. I think
2: if I had – to address your earlier point, I think if I had one quarterback, one game, I might go with the uh, Mr. Russell Wilson right now because oh, a- Aaron Rodgers. Music to my ears. Man. God, you just I, glowed. I, th- <laughs> I think. I think uh, <laughs> Talk about weather in the room; it just got ten degrees hotter. <laughs>
1: Taking my jacket off. Yeah. You know, uh,
2: Aaron Rodgers. He's not healthy. I I really worry about that. I kind of experienced that as a Aaron Rodgers fantasy owner. Um, oh. Okay. Away from away from Lambeau Field, not so uh-huh. not so hot this year. Um. But, yeah, I kind of wonder about that calf. And then, you know, but, but Russell Wilson, as we were kind of saying earlier, he can just do so many things, and, and he just kind of has that sort of alpha dog feel where he steps on the field and he believes he's going to be there. And I think Tom Brady has that also. But I, I just love his, his versatility. And, and You what talk do about Tom
0: Brady. For me, he looks like the high-powered uh, attorney stepping into the Supreme Court with that confidence that like he's going to win over nine justices every single time. Yeah, although you know, I think Tom Brady
2: just looks more pissed off most of the time. And Russell
0: Wilson looks like the guy who's going to go to the club and he's going to go home with every girl in the place. Just that confidence that you want. It's
1: going up on a Tuesday in the
2: club. <laughs> you
0: guys heard that song? It's
1: going up on a Tuesday. We <laughs> listen to your station. We hear it every break. Yeah, is, that, is that the first time anyone's uh, sung on the, the, the podcast?
0: Uh, yes, I think we have. Boom. So I'm guess, out. Now we need ASCAP, so we have to pay for the rights <laughs> to that. Shamo, let's just go finish the move because I want to get on this Conrad story uh, before we close this off. But Who do you have going to the Super Bowl? I don't
3: care. Uh, the four teams i wanted to win all lost last weekend so i'm yeah the cowboy you wanted the cowboys to move on uh, more than the packers yeah because then you can hate them later on so it's all about the hate factor yeah. like, at, what on, point, at what point at what point does your hate. love turn to hate? hate no and loving. uh I, I i think will's right i think it's probably going to be the patriots and the seahawks um that just kind of bores me mm-hmm. um i so i out of the four i'd guess I'd like to see the Colts cuz they're closest to uh, Kyle's Baltimore Ravens geography. Mm-hmm. So, so if we for a proposition, <laughs> we don't talk about and, that. And you know, th- th- there's some issues there Kyle, I understand that, uh, but
2: uh, I have a more pressing question for Kevin. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Buffalo Bills hiring mix- Mr. Rex Ryan?
3: Love it. You love it. Love it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, th- why not? It's
1: great. Dude, That's I think fun. it's a great hire,
3: man. I do t- No, I do too. I I think that buffalo could use the personality i I read something that uh uh, one of the guys out there had written saying that buffalo it's the first time buffalo has hired a coach with any type of winning any type of real personality um that ralph wilson never did they had marv levy but he was he had not won before he came there and it's good to see i'll take it sure
1: yeah rex had his hands tied with the last year at the jets they didn't give him any weapons whatsoever john idzik it was a it was a it was a a lame duck year for him as a head coach i think he's a great defensive coordinator he needs to have a good offensive coordinator to help him out and yeah he didn't make the greatest hires uh, as the the jets head coach but i think it's a great good pickup from for the bills yeah when doug marone just splits town in the middle of the night
3: yeah that that was was really weird yeah yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever heard of anything like that.
3: I need a contract like that where you get paid whether you walk or not. Yeah, uh, genius. <laughs> I, I I really think I need one of those.
2: What's he doing now, Doug? I'm just looking gonna for head a job. Back to college wasn't wasn't he like in the running for the Jets job and then like the interview didn't go well mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like that's that? what
3: the papers done in New York said. That's was a it. weird swap. Didn't go well at all. How does
0: an interview not go well? Like you just, uh, just well, Benny. Sorry to tell you, buddy. Well, but we're at the 38th minute of this podcast. I know what a bad interview sounds like. But I mean, what is a job interview for a head football coach uh, go bad?
1: He asks you to drop a play and you uh, drop a basketball play. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, hey, what would you do on this uh, position? Oh, i just punt. It's a, it's a first down. Why are there
3: 12 guys on the field? You can't. Because um, I can. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hit and run
0: on this one. <laughs> Go for the walk. Let's walk to what's going to Anyway, um, we were following you on Twitter yesterday, and everyone should follow Will on Twitter, at Will Smith, K-Fan. K-Fan, all capitalized. But Got my 2,000th follower today, so hopefully that ticks on up. Congratulations. Okay, uh, it's a big moment. Kyle, what do you have with your followers?
1: Uh, I'm
2: I'm over 4,000, so uh, uh, I... But you're like 4, an actually respected journalist off, member of the media. <laughs> he, I'm he, a radio guy. We got
0: his CV at the beginning, so 2,000 is very impressive. But <laughs> well, we're talking about Conrad falling off his fishing boat. And it's kind of what we're starting the podcast. Uh, do your best radio host impersonation and walk us through the story. Uh, so Rob
1: Conrady, former Dolphins player, uh, also the former fullback for Syracuse when Donovan McNabb was there, uh, he's out on his boat. He's, he's taking his boat in to be serviced. Okay. And so he's taking his boat in to be serviced off off the the, the Florida coast, and he decides, I, I need to do some fishing out here. So he's got the boat on autopilot heading over to uh, get the boat serviced. And he's casting, he's casting. All of a sudden, a wave blows him overboard. <laughs> and uh, he's, he spends some time in the water. Um, uh, one, searching, one search boat comes by. The Coast Guard comes by. A helicopter comes by. They don't catch him. So. Okay, so backing up
0: a little bit. So he's got his boat on autopilot because Kevin and I fish, do a little fishing on the side here. Wave hits him into the drink. He starts seeing his 30-footer just start put, putting away. As no life vest. No life vest. And so, and with the, watching the boat in there in the water, he watches the boat. Probably tries to swim after the boat, but obviously he can't keep keep it up going fifteen miles, fifteen knots, uh, whatever. I don't know. Really, I used to think I was pretty nautical in this. So as he's in the drink, when did the life? Uh, when did they start the search crew start coming looking for him?
1: Well, he's he. It's about twelve thirty, I think, when he starts to take his boat out, and this is in the afternoon, so uh-huh. a little bit afternoon. He starts to take his boat out. So uh, it takes a, it takes him a couple hours. His wife starts to worry, wondering, "Hey, what what the heck's going on right here? You know. So they, they start searching for him after a couple hours. I think after ten hours or so, that's when he decided I gotta swim to shore now. I've I've missed both my chances of being rescued. I gotta swim to shore now, guys.
0: Yeah, my favorite episode of Magnum PI is the one where he was out kayaking and uh, it was talking about him being a kid with his dad telling him to tread water as long as he can. And he's out in the uh, uh, middle of the Pacific treading water the entire time. They're check's position back and forth. It's a podcast camo. Bear with me. Anyway, I'm,
3: I'm not bearing with you much longer.
0: <laughs> but anyways, he's doing this. At, uh, Higgins eventually rescues him after about 10 hours. I mean, for me, I think I could tread water for about an hour. And after that, it's I, I don't even know why you're waiting. I mean, would you, wouldn't you just start swimming towards the shore immediately?
1: Yeah. He said that he was trying to keep his boat in sight. He had some hope of maybe getting back to the boat. So he tried to keep his boat in sight for a little bit. And then he's like, man, I just got to head to shore. He started thinking of his wife and kids. So they they say he traveled over 24 miles, and that includes on land as well when he showed up at the people's door and knocked and said, hey, I've been stung by jellyfish. There's been sharks swimming around me. (laughs) I survived it all. I was in the water for over uh, 15, 16 hours. I just don't know how that's possible. If you can be in the water for 16 hours... And and not in the open. And this is the uh, the ocean too. The yeah. open water. It's not like he's in a, a swimming pool doing some David Blaine feat of you know magic <laughs> or strength. This guy's in the open water and he survived it.
0: Well, who's that? The woman who tried to swim from Cuba to the United States? I forget her name. That oh, was two years ago. Come on, Kevin. You yeah. know what I'm talking about, right?
1: But, uh, yeah, it, that's a, that's a popular swim. People also try to swim the English Channel. Sure all the time. Channel,
0: but when they do that, their lips are so engorged because uh-huh. of all the say, all the salt they're taking on and stuff like that.
3: Okay, first of all, please.) <laughs> your encyclopedic knowledge of Magnum P.I is impressive. Have you re- When was the last time you watched an episode of
0: Magnum? P.I.? Uh, less than a week ago.
3: Okay, fair enough.. <laughs> it's- where uh, can you find
0: that? Uh, it's on, t- uh, It's on. jeez. Uh, I mean, not a, that I would watch at, it. It's a Nick at Night kind of thing. I, lo- uh, I love that he, yeah. he okay.
2: knows the episode of Magnum P.I. better than the channel.
1: <laughs> <watched>. <laughs> that was <laughs> a great episode. That's <laughs> one of the There's legendary Magnum like, He's treading episode. water for
2: 10 I, hours. As
3: I'm sure everyone remembers from watching Magnum P.I., there was this episode. It was a great episode. Uh, okay. Second, okay. where does your knowledge of great swimming feats come
0: from? I wrote a, uh, when we still had close-up, I did a uh, profile piece on a guy named Will Bartlett that swam the, the Salty eight miles out of the Great Salt Lake. And so... In researching the story, I uh, found out a lot of, about long-distance swimming and the techniques that go into it. How long did it take him to swim that? You said he swam eight miles? He swam eight miles, basically from Antelope Island to uh, the shoreline over there. I think it was a little over three and a half hours. Uh, but uh, the issue with, with these long-distance swimmers, the, uh, there's a couple of caveats. One, you basically are wearing board shorts. Uh, there's a uh, tighty-whitey Speedos and stuff like that. You're allowed to wear goggles, but that's it. You're not so... <laughs> if you have uh, if anyone's ever touched a great salt lake i've literally only put my hand into it i've never been into it but you know the salinity is so high that if you got any scratches cuts your toenails your fingernails basically explode uh any the the water gets on your lips you know just dries out your face so i mean you're you're battling multiple elements trying to swim through it even though there's the advantage that you get to sit on top of that i think a pool membership is probably probably favorable in this situation yeah Yeah. (laughs)
2: So you Did Rob you tell him that? Did you tell them that when you wrote the stories? Like, why don't you just swim at a pool? <laughs> it never came up. You, you can know?
0: swim a, like a lot of laps. You like, <laughs> never lot. have to worry about getting eaten by jellyfish or uh, circled by sharks.
3: Not many jellyfish. Or Utah sharks SID. In the Great Salt Lake.
2: Liz Abel, big swimmer, swims in a pool. <laughs>
0: Every Shout Monday. Out to Liz Abel. Not
3: afraid of sharks in the pool. Not
0: afraid of sharks in the pool. Well, I don't think you should be afraid of sharks anyway, because once you're in the water, it's already their environment. They're either going to get you or they're not going to get you. <laughs> I, it's I, one, I like less that thing, one less thing no. to worry it's about. It's also
1: why I don't wear a seatbelt, because you're going to get a car accident whether <laughs> exactly. you have one on or not.
0: <laughs> it wasn't the beep, I wouldn't be wearing one either. Uh, don't do drugs, wear a seatbelt, and don't harass sharks. What uh, Utah athlete off the Utah Jazz can make the same swim? Uh, none. <laughs> None, maybe? No, I think I, I think know. Rudy
1: Gobert's uh, flippers could uh, take him pretty far. I, shoot, he'd get tired real quick of that big old body. I'm going to go with maybe Joe Ingles. He's, he's from Australia. Yeah, he's yeah. a guy that's on this team. <laughs> they have water down
0: there and surfing.
1: Got a coral reef or something I've heard about. You're talking about dad's football?
2: <laughs> Joe Ingles is my favorite player because I went to a jazz game as a fan uh, uh, just a couple days after Christmas, and I was like, why is somebody's dad on the court <laughs> number two? It's like oh holy crap I would have been less surprised to, or I would have been just as surprised to see Benny Raskin playing, playing coming with off the Utah bench? jazz
1: yeah oh I could bench. come off the bench I would actually go to a jazz game and pay to see the jazz if you were on the team
0: wearing my my point is number 69 in your playbook <laughs> number one in your heart
1: my
2: point is Joe Engel, somewhere ES along it. the line like somebody mixed up lists for like church ball and like 24 hour fitness with Tony Jones and and got got Joe Ingles somehow
3: on the Jazz <laughs>
1: roster. Where, where is Tony Jones right now? He should be in here. Yeah, I I, I, I
3: assume Tony he's at 24-hour Fitness He's on assignment. <laughs> oh, okay. To, Tony Jones is on assignment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> at 24-hour Fitness, running
0: some ball. <laughs> um, Doing
1: it, some runs. How
0: After great was Trevor Booker's uh, no look yeah.
1: shot? Oh, that was awesome, man. I don't. I, I don't. Was he trying to alley oop that or take a shot? Because he looked like he was trying to alley oop that to Derek Favors maybe on the other side. That was awesome. That's probably one of the most exciting jazz moments of the season.
2: I think he re- I think I read that he knew how much time was left and basically had, has practiced the, the trick cake. shots with that with the, his cousin. I guess who's is it? Jo- Jody Meeks who's his cousin or yeah, Jor- sure. no? Jordan <laughs> Hill on the Lakers um, is his cousin. And they said and they independently confirmed yes. Like we did shots like that for some reason. For I horse. don't know why.
0: Huh? To, to play, play a game, game of horse. Oh, you in no, with that.
2: You know, you know, actually, a, a lot of basketball players do kind of play tip drills at the end of practice or when they're just doing fun shoot-around. Like I know Like 21 used, and stuff like that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the the big guys on the Utes, like uh, Dallin, Bashinsky and Jakob. And those guys, sometimes when they play shoot-around um, just on their own, they're not practicing necessarily. They they do tip-in drills and stuff like that. And it's just all fun, and DeLon writes on the sidelines like, what are, why are these guys playing this game again? <laughs> these white boys out there, what are they doing?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, with number eight Utah uh, right now, how how much fun have you had covering this uh, University of Utah basketball team, Kyle?
2: What's that? How much fun have you
0: had covering this U uh, just Ute basketball team? What team? The University of Utah. The Utes
1: basketball. They're running the Utes.
2: Oh yeah, that team. team. <laughs> you
0: making fun of me for <laughs> talking about Magnum PI? You don't even know your damn job. Kyle, Kyle thought that that's where the next question was going.
3: Was <laughs> yeah. how does Tom Selleck's mustache relate to the number eight running Utes? I just
2: yeah. How would I
0: Thomas just, Magnum deal do on uh, I'm just trying to make us he go He was an, an hour athlete. Here. That's all. He I'm was a good athlete. Do, trying to stretch out the podcast. He was a solid so baseball player. player. No, it's it's, yeah.
2: it's a it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's um, certainly a lot of attention. Um, for the team and and also media wise, you know you kind of have to keep a stronger eye out for other stories and other people who are coming coming in on the beat and seeing what the story is there and and you know the the team maybe tenses up a little bit because you know they realize that there is increased scrutiny and speculation and and they try to minimize distractions. But ultimately, I mean th- this is a pretty darn good basketball team and they're going to be in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. Um, so uh, I, you know, I'm anticipating it's going to be pretty interesting ride. Um, they got a road trip to Arizona. I'm going to Arizona on on Thursday, and we're going to see if they can uh, get it done on the road. What do you think? Tom of st-
3: Selleck actually attended USC on a basketball yeah, it, scholarship. It, if they you, didn't know that, he was legit. What
0: I know yeah. about, I know so about. So
3: actually, he would very much. We'll we we'll get to just that. <laughs> he very much would help the running Utes. I mean, the 67 he, he
0: year old. Are, are you questioning his abilities? Uh, I think at sixty 70, he's got knees like uh, he's a not. 12-year-old German Shepherd. Dude,
3: that mustache <laughs> would be a rim
1: protector, man. <laughs> you try to get to the rim on that mustache, uh, good luck, man. If you want to fill time, I can get you an hour. I got some embarrassing stories mm-hmm. I could tell. I could to tell some stuff about my life, my Eagle Scout project. You guys want to hear about that?
0: Uh, that, mm, no, I, I just I no, looked at sadness gone. in all of
1: you guys' face. Okay. that's <laughs> had some funny stories, but whatever. What
0: is uh what do you think what do you think with this uh University of Utah basketball team?
1: Oh, dude, it's it's about time. We have to have something going on positive in the in the basketball world here. When the jazz are so bad right now and they're uninter- uninteresting to me. I understand that they're young and they're developing, but, man, watching a team lose all the time, that's not fun. Covering it's, a team what that's stinks is that the time, they lose by just
0: a couple buckets every time. Yeah, it's, it's, nev- it's infuriating. It's, it's almost like a, you pick up four, uh, three or four more three throws and this thing is on, you know, and it's just, ugh, I know what you mean. The Utes are the Utes are deep, though. What what Coach K has
1: done, uh, Larry, he's done a great job. Him and Tommy together, uh, they, I think they make a great combo. And just the way he's re- been able to recruit, getting Jakob Prittle out of Austria – how many people were at his doorstep knocking on his door trying to get him to come over? I believe it was Lincoln, well, actually if one, you other read coach, I was one of the Red, the Tribune story. I was one other coach. I can't remember, ago, guy. Come on. Davidson. Davidson
2: also sent their head coach to Austria, but that was the only other team. Jakob came to Cal in Arizona. Cal changed head coaches. Arizona, um, I guess, has more recruits than <laughs> they can yeah. fully have. But um, yeah, so Larry went over to Austria twice and was like. We really want you, and that that spoke a lot to his parents and the kid himself. They, it, the funny thing was he said, you know, I knew I wouldn't. Do it in his voice. I wouldn't, I, he's kinda he kind of sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do, do it in his voice. That's on. what I'm asking. Come on. I knew I wouldn't be forgotten, <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're seven feet tall. How are you going to be forgotten? <laughs> like, no one's forgotten about you. Like, you. yeah, It's. It, it, but that was kind of the big thing in his recruiting is just that personal attention really. Got yeah. to him, and I and I'll say this about Larry: he doesn't necessarily go after the the five star guys, and he's kind of acknowledged that. But he he really finds the kids that he fits that that fit the culture of the program. And what's up if, with Larry's sweet grass, man? Uh, the sweet grass, yeah. What is- <laughs> well, he gets it. So I'm gonna do something on this week when hopefully I can get video of this undercover ritual. Uh, but uh, I did talk to Larry about it. He Burns a braid of grass that he gets from Montana. Have you heard about this, Benny? No, no. I have not. He burns a bla- uh, this braid of sweetgrass. Don't do drugs, kids. That he gets from Montana and kind of uh, put, brings it around the room, get the scent out there, and there's a couple of purposes to it. One, it's sort of it's sort of a ritual that once the players get used to it, it's sort of like, hey, it's game time. You uh-huh. get the scent in there, the aroma. And apparently he learned that from Phil Jackson, who, uh, When they, he played for the Bulls that one year, uh, or one or two years, uh, he played for the Bulls. Phil Jackson used to do the sweetgrass to quote, I'm quoting Larry here, get the spirits right. Mm. And so that is something he's kind of picked up, you know, being close to Montana, which is his home state. Um, you know, he's, he's really into <sighs> the, the Utes as a mascot. He grew up near a Blackfeet reservation and feels very close to Native Americans culturally um so he, they, he bill walton came by yeah buddy yeah. wednesday <laughs> and was really into the sweetgrass and i this is isn't it a direct quote but i think i saw this video online it was like bill walton said i wanted to put it on my
1: body but it was burning i wanted to taste it but it was mostly ash <laughs> that's the thing if bill walton is into it i'm into it bill walton is the man and i'm trying to pattern my life after him choices and everything
0: yeah he- well, anybody who followed the Grateful Dead for as many years as he did, you know, he probably burned other things before games. What, what is a – uh, I have nothing on that. I was hoping you'd do more of this Austria accent. I didn't know you had so many personalities. Again, we brought him on for the sound effects. Yeah, it's, it You know,
2: Jakob, Jakob uh, and you share a really favorite launch destination, that he and Kenneth Ogby, who's a German player, they go to Siegfried's. Um, oh, with Siegfried's with the yeah.
0: angriest women on the planet? Have you been to Siegfried's so. Deli? I
1: never have, but I'm gonna have to go now. It's
2: a German
0: delicatessen on Main Street in 200 South. The food is ridiculous. You know, the brats, the veal, they've got goulash, you know, the schnitzel and stuff like that. But they're the surliest 55 year old women working that counter that shoot you glances. Like it's the it's like it's like they're on the other side of the Berlin Wall. They're finally they're finally <laughs> have this communist take. And uh, my other job working at Keys on Main, the owner of the place, he is from Austria. It's funny how this all gets tied together with the Austria. But because he can speak German, he goes in there. He gets treated like a grandson. And I've had meals with him where he's getting treated like a grandson. And I'm getting treated like I'm invading, you know, I'm a... a
2: could you make <laughs> fewer... <laughs> oh, damn <it. laughs> Could you make fewer, like, c- Cold War references? <laughs> like, <laughs> more, more, more. Oh. Even the Magnum P.I. We got to go back for the Berlin Wall. This is who who just- thought
3: Tom Selleck's mustache would be
0: the safe play today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming.
1: So check out Siegfried's, everyone. They're a sponsor of the podcast.
0: Oh, we got our first song and our first, uh, I guess, our first live read over there. <laughs> I, I'm judging
2: from your description of the personalities that you're not going to get a
1: free brought out of what
0: oh, the, I, I just
2: said. No. I
0: think I get charged twice as much. You know, like there's all these uh, surcharges I can't explain. Is there
1: yeah. a chance they think you're homeless? <laughs> it's a possibility.
0: <laughs> as I'm did, holding Did you walk- go in shirtless? Well,
3: I should. That, that could be the issue. Well,
0: maybe I should be going in shirtless more often because uh, Big boys got to eat. You know nothing. Nothing more lips, uh, rib smacking than uh, German food.
3: Uh, that's true. It, that is true. Although last week's guest shared with us a, a good German place. Oh, list, uh, das Cafe. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hike. Das Cafe, you know, three hours south here. Yeah. Maybe the
1: honestly in you Richfield. Well. I'm Where's so the meal of choice for K fan? Uh, Where's where's the free food at? That's okay. that, that's worth the mill of choice. We got a lot of Chick-fil-A. Uh I, I the like the to, Jazz Media Room. Yeah, one. the jazz media room.
2: What are they serving at the uh, deal at the
1: Ken Garf dealership? three <laughs> <Because laughs> hot dogs and popcorn a day. The great thing about working at K Fan is we have popcorn Fridays where we have a popcorn machine where uh-huh. they pop some popcorn. Also, we have unlimited water. You can drink as much water uh. as you want.
0: It's not like
2: here it's a trip Wait, is here. this an association <laughs> with the popcorn Friday like only oh, free it's only remote. it's only once
1: a week that we get the free water, but it's a great day. It's cold even, and you yep. get to shower too that day.
0: <laughs> How bad is that uh, that room smell? Uh, it's it's it smells it smells pretty bad. It's, it got man. It's just man smell. We See, have just, breaking news. Breaking news here, Penny with
3: the important questions
0: of the day. A lot of man What's it smell, uh, smell. Like
3: no
1: windows at all. And just the smell of sadness and despair, this, <laughs> just that just permeates the room. I'm we beginning to smell a little of that now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, you know what? I can't believe it really has been an hour. Uh, I want to thank uh, Will Smith for joining us on the Trib Sports Radio. It's uh, your treat. Yeah, You are the proper methadone for us to step down from Spencer Cox, so thank you very much for coming. The
1: pleasure has been all mine, and I'm glad that after uh, over a year of just just bothering you, Trip guys, you actually let me come on. Um,
0: hey, so make sure you follow him on Twitter. It is, once again, Will Smith, KFan. Uh, let's, get him at, let's get him at 2010 followers by the end of the day. We've got Mr. Kyle Goon doing all the University of Utah beat reporting, and then Kevin Winter-Morris uh, doing all the digital stuff. By the way, uh, Whatever's been done, it looks fantastic right now. The, that story by Trevor Phillips came out, looks fan Fibs. Fibs? Fibs. yeah. Yeah.
1: I have one question I'm raising my hand right now. Yeah. Kevin Winter Morris, the background behind the name?
3: Uh, it's uh, two last names uh, Winters. Which unfortunately, Betty never gets right, is my wife's maiden name. Okay. So we have the same last name.
1: Would okay. You? I was just wondering because when I told everyone about you, everyone was like, whoa, what's up with this guy? What's yeah. up with this progressive yeah. name he has? That's yeah, actually,
3: um, I play rec hockey, and on the back of my jersey, it says Winmo, just shorten the two. And uh, a guy was like, oh, I get it. Winmo. And I was like, it's actually my le- two last names. <laughs> and he's like, oh. I was like, yeah, sorry to ruin it.
1: I meant that. to ask you about that right away to yeah. get to the podcast listeners to, you know, be inside, but I wait till the end.
3: Unfortunately, we got stuck on Tom Selleck's mustache. This <laughs> can be followed on what Twitter at what doesn't get stuck stash. in Tom's Tom, Tom stash? Mustache.
0: Tom's stash. Well, follow K Winmo on Twitter. I'm at Benny Raskin. Go to iTunes, rate review, and subscribe to the show. Five star rating. Kill us in the comments section. Uh, any questions, email me to Tribune at gmail.com. And I'll uh, just
2: add that the pleasure was all wills. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Kyle.
0: I, don't, Once again, I just like you strongly. All right. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Take care. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Bye-bye.
0: For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trip Sports Radio. And while you're there, Please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trib Sports Radio. Tweet us questions, and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to tribune Sports radio all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.